Welcome to the latest episode of Apple at Work, a podcast all about the intersection of technology, uh, te- education, healthcare, business, everything in between, and how it intersects with Apple uh, and all of its products. Uh, my name is Bradley Chambers. I'm your host, as always. My guest this week uh, is the first time a guest on the show. It's uh, Chris Chapman from uh, Mac Stadium. Chris, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Great to be here. Really excited. So- so I think you, you, you're, you all are down in Atlanta. Am I, am I correct with that? That is correct. We are in Atlanta, Georgia as a headquarters, and then we kind of have locations all over the place, California, Dublin, uh, in the East Coast, and Las Vegas. Yeah, I'm actually right up the road from you in Chattanooga, so so not far from the headquarters. I always, I'd love to get down there and see it, uh, see one of your uh, um, offices one day. But uh, you, you all do some really interesting things on the enterprise side. Um, um, you know, I know you all have, have been around for many, many years. So for our listeners that don't know, you know, really what Max Stadium does or, or who you guys are, can you explain, uh, you know, what the business does and what kind of customers you serve? Sure. Uh, yeah, Max Stadium's been around for about 10 years. Um, it is a data center and a cloud specifically dedicated to Mac and Mac infrastructure. So unlike, uh, you know, a Google or an Azure or something, we are wholly focused on Mac and we use Mac as the hardware that drives the data center. So we've been providing that as bare metal forever. And uh, in the past five or six years, we've been really software and cloud enabling with virtualization and technology around it to make it a true cloud experience. Um, we really serve the Apple community, specifically Apple developers and CI, CD quite a bit because everybody that builds anything for Apple has to compile it and run it on genuine Apple hardware. So for years and years and years, we've been solving that problem for the enterprise because as you scale up development teams and things like that, people need lots of Macs and lots of Macs on lots of desktops in a company is challenging. Uh, so we really provide management, engineering, and infrastructure around solving that market scale problem for businesses. You know, one of the things that's become um, top of mind for me in recent years is, is redundancy. And, um, and it's it's something that um, I, I kind of started thinking about in 2010 when, uh, I don't know if you, if you were living in Atlanta at the time, but we had like two F5 coordinate. F5 tornadoes come through our area. Uh, yeah. And uh, a lot of our city was without power for a week. I mean, certainly internet. And, and so you certainly started thinking about, okay, um, and this was like at the kind of the advent of like mobility where you sort of expected to have um, connectivity everywhere. Um, yeah. It's like, how do you operate? Like, how do you build your network to operate if your building doesn't exist? And it sounds like uh, grim to say that, but then... Um, we had another tornado in, in 2020, obviously like, you know, power outages are a thing around the country. And then you, then you kind of have a, have a COVID situation where like right. you, you can't go there. And so um, you really start rethinking of like, okay, what is the, the, the network? What is my cloud? Well, how, how do we operate a data center? Um, and I think you, you all fit the, you know, of a nice niche there because again, you know, if you've got a small office, you may not have the, the resources to build the power redundancy. If you're, if the, your infrastructure, has to stay up for your business to operate. Like, do you have the resources to keep power up for a week or two if, if you don't have power? And I think that's where you all find fit a nice niche because customers, you know, frankly, don't have to worry about it. To worry about that, you all take care of that. Yeah, we we really do. And, and and you hit it on the head with you know with COVID, with supply chain, with with natural disaster, with all this kind of. Those are the a big a big driver for not being able to get to your stuff very easily and effectively. And you know, in a bigger a bigger sort of scope around that problem is that, you know, Apple builds the best products in the world that you have in your hand. But with that, they're focused on stuff in your hand and stuff on your desktop and stuff in front of you. When you start to talk about businesses and enterprise and how it gets used in enterprise, 
Um, it's a little bit of a second class citizen when it comes to how IT handles Apple products in the business. And I mean, other than them being endpoints, when you talk about them being used for development or in a server room or in a lab or as a bigger initiative, it becomes quite the problem. And there's a lot of cobbled solutions around how people deal with that. So we had a massive amount, for example, during COVID of people going, well, we were building on this, but we can't get to our Macs anymore. We literally can't go there from here. How, how can we get some Macs? How can we get the stuff we need? And, and we do serve that. We do serve it with redundancy and first-class data centers. We put a lot of engineering around this desktop product to turn it into an enterprise-class asset and have it available from anywhere that you can connect to. So, yeah, I, I think it's a, it's, a, it's a big gap that we fill. I've kind of always thought of Mac Stadium as like if Apple operated data centers like AWS and um, GCP and Azure, this is what they would do. It would be, it would look a lot like Mac stadium. Yeah. Um, and again, you, you all kind of pioneered the idea. Uh, I mean, obviously, you know, the iMac is not a device you put in. You don't, you don't co really co-locate an iMac. You don't really co-locate a, a um, there's funny uh, stories about that, but yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Typically, typically, kind of reminds me of when you'd see the guy at the uh, Starbucks with the iMac. It's like, well, I mean, I guess that works, but uh, right. but you all kind of pioneered the idea of of the Mac Mini and the data center, and then obviously, I know you all uh, uh, co-located the Mac, the, the 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 old trash can Mac Pro. I mean, these are these are devices that are really almost built for uh, to be co-located because they're so small and so powerful. But then we get the Apple Silicon transition. We get the Mac mini and now we have the Mac studio. Um, from, from your customer's perspective, what has Apple Silicon meant to them and some of their workflows? Well, Apple Silicon's really been a game changer, not only on the desktop, but in our data center, because the performance level and the capability of that product is just kind of off the charts from the previous generation of products. So from a developer perspective and from people who are building applications and things, it's cutting build times and cutting, you know, increasing performance through the roof. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a real big gain on that front. From a, from a newer product that we're rolling out in the form of workspace, which is really remote access to a full Mac environment, it's providing the level of performance and capability to have a good experience over a wider area network. And, and a large part of that is how capable that hardware is, both graphically and processor-wise. Well, and then I know on for for, for y'all's end, I mean, obviously power is a big concern. I'm sure I don't want to. I don't even want to know what your power bill is every month. Sure <laughs> people finance is like, all right, what are we what are we doing here? But uh, I mean, this when you really think about the power per watt of Apple Silicon, it's it's really pretty remarkable. And, and again, you, you know, you're running one computer in home. You don't you don't probably notice that. Um, but then you know, with you all, you've got. Uh, a lot of them in a very, yes, very small area. Almost globally. So yes, quite a lot of uh, them deployed. And, and, you know, to the, to the power thing that, that is a, is a really awesome benefit is, you know, just the, not only the performance increase, but the power decrease, which is, is insane. That and another problem people probably wouldn't think about necessarily at home, but that we do is density. And when you're talking about the old trash cans or sort of different form factors of things, that's, that's a certain amount of density in a rack and the floor. When you talk about M1s, you're talking about a small mini form factor that you can pack into a rack, 96, say, and uh, get a ton of compute in a really small space. This episode of Apple at Work is sponsored by Muzzle. Deploying, managing, and protecting Apple devices at work shouldn't be difficult or require several solutions. 
Mosul is the only Apple Unified platform for business. By combining enhanced device management, endpoint security, internet privacy and security, single sign-on, enhanced app management into a single Apple-only platform, businesses can now easily and automatically deploy, manage, and protect their Apple devices automatically with one solution at an affordable price. With a solution for businesses of every size and the best support in the market, start a free 30-day trial today and see firsthand why Mosul is more than an Apple NDM. Mosul is everything you need to work with Apple. To learn more, visit business.mosul.com. Again, that's business.mosul.com, M-O-S-Y-L-E.com. Thanks to Mosul for sponsoring Apple at Work this week. Yeah, yeah. And then again, you just think about the heat generation. I mean, these things are incredibly uh, incredibly efficient. Um, So... I know you all have been doing some new things with, with virtualization. Um, you know, this is something that seems like it's really come on in the past couple of years. You know, the pitch I give to people is like, look, what if you need the power of a, of a Mac pro or a Mac studio, but, you can't have it with you. You can't travel with it. What do you do? And we're really seeing this virtualization of, of Mac OS and the cloud uh, come on, uh, come on strong. What kind of things are you all doing to help with this? And, and really, you know, how, how, how did you all get into this business with virtualization? Yeah, so that one started pro- probably four and a half, five years ago. Um, this was just as I was coming into Mac Stadium. I actually came in through acquisition, but we had started a couple of projects with them where people really were starting to try to glom onto getting a full Mac experience from the cloud and, and virtualization became a thing, not only from a, how to get better use of your resources, but making it way easier to manage, way easier to scale, you know, all the kind of the benefits that virtual comes with. Because when you're dealing with a physical machine, it comes with a certain amount of automation and touching and management that when you put it remote, it becomes that much more challenging because you're remoting in, whereas virtualization sort of builds this toolkit and framework all around it that makes it super lightweight, simple, easy to manage. So we came in the door at Mac Stadium, and Orca was our really sort of our first foray. Mac Stadium had built uh, a lot of enterprise customers with VMware, and VMware works. VMware's great as an enterprise product, but it doesn't really fit the Apple customer or or the developer customer very well because it's really designed for enterprise virtualization for the IT guy to kind of pull all the levers with. And developers are more focused on quick pipeline and the Apple folks are focused on simple, beautiful, quick, easy, powerful sort of experiences. And that's not the thousand dots and dobs that you know VMware makes you use. The other piece of it is Mac Stadium kind of wanting to address that customer and product need, but also kind of control their destiny from let's make a platform that can work for Apple the way Apple should work, not just because it happens to also work with Apple. So we came in and built Orca, which is a Kubernetes-based orchestration virtualization layer that we put on top of actual Apple hardware. So it's a first-of-its-kind, fully virtualized Apple cloud, um, and it uses that technology to actually honestly put Mac VMs and containers that can be orchestrated by Kubernetes, which is kind of the the world-class enterprise orchestration platform that's open source that so many people in development and, and, and data center management use today uh, in all sorts of clouds. Uh, and then on the top of that, um, we've you know had a growing demand and a growing need for remote desktops as a whole. I want my Mac, but I want an extension of my Mac anywhere I can get it, or I have contractors or people that are spinning up for six weeks and I need to get them a Mac platform to do the specific work they need. How do I get this to happen? Uh, so Orca Workspace has been the new thing that we've been starting to push a lot lately. It's built on top of that virtual layer with Orca, 
but it leverages the power of Apple Silicon and Apple's virtualization framework to really create a really awesome desktop experience that you can spin up, have as long as you need and get rid of and not have all the headaches and management and craziness that you have to deal with a, a physical system. No, that, that makes a lot of sense. And, and you know, one of the biggest challenges right now in the IT industry is in staffing. And when companies really, you know, lean on Mac Stadium, they're not only getting your infrastructure, you're not only getting your power and your networking, you're getting your people. What, you know, what kind of services do you all provide uh, to customers from a hands-on standpoint? Yeah. So, I mean, we have, first of all, again, 10 years with engineering and operation around how to deal with Macs and all the Mac hardware and the Mac problems. So I would tell you our, our engineering and operations groups sort of unmatched in their ability to understand the Mac hardware and the Mac infrastructure, especially at scale. But then on top of that, we have our software teams and our solutions teams who are developers and building the tools and plugins and integrations for developers and for Mac users. So we're really solving this Apple problem day in and day out. That's the only thing we focus on. So as customers come in, we have teams that can take them from, you know, proof of concept and integrations and solutions building all the way into a productized supported production system with whatever platform and tooling that they need. And uh, we, we really try to do our best to not only help them figure out what to use and how to use it, but how to make it as effective as possible for them. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, it's, it's really the complete package. Um, so we mentioned at the beginning, you have data centers in Atlanta. So are you all basically worldwide at this point? We are getting there. We have them in Atlanta. We have them in Las Vegas, Silicon Valley, Dublin, Ireland. And we are currently working on expanding our presence into Mumbai, uh, which should be online in early next year. So what well, makes impact. a lot of sense. Um, you, you know, get way customers can work in the data center that's closest to them and create, you know, faster latency, but also you kind of get that uh, disaster recovery of working with a company that's, that's not just, Hey, out of Atlanta. And <laughs> if I don't know, like a tornado strikes Atlanta, it's like, okay, everything is there. I mean, the whole idea of a cloud, it is, I mean, you know, we always joke. It's like, it is somebody else's computer, but you all, it's, it's more than just a building. It's, it's the, it's the, it's the you know, overall infrastructure. Um, last question before I'll let you go. Do you have any crazy use case? And you can, you don't have to say the customer. And if you don't have anything, we'll, uh, we can edit this out, but any just, just like use case that you'd never thought of that customer is using Mac Stadium for, and you're thinking, Oh, I never thought about that, but yeah, we were, we are a great uh, partner for that. Yeah. Um, we've had a couple of weird things where, you know, Again, I think our primary use case is customers kind of using us for build or test or test as a service or that kind of stuff. But we have had customers use us for rendering farms or for strange multimedia applications that we never really thought were the right thing. We've also kind of back to what I alluded to with the, you and you said, uh, you know, the Max and the Rack, the, the, uh, the desktop Max. We had customers because Apple, again, is a consumer product and our, our our customers are always concerned with the fastest, latest, and greatest, which I think is something Mac Stadium excels at. Is we're not if if studios come out, we're going to have them in the rack. If you know whatever comes out next, we're going to engineer around it. So we have put screen based Macs in a rack, like little blades in a rack, and have a crazy picture to show it. Where a customer just had to have that uh, that mass that fastest at the time fastest Mac processor to do what they were doing, and so. 
we got to work and engineered it. I can't say that it was a popular or long-term solution or really ultimately in the grand scheme of things, maybe the most effective use of space, but by God, we, we figured out a we way to make it. it happen and got it done for them. So I'm sh- um, sure you're one of your technicians that was unboxing this and was like, I think we got the wrong computer. Just <laughs> here. Um, you start hearing about interesting engineering challenges where they're like, so what kind of material are we going to use to buffer the screen and hide it from view, but also keep it from scratching the other screen? And how do we slide that in the, you know, it's like, that's funny. Um, I'm, I'm friends with uh, one of your longtime employees on Twitter. Uh, I think his uh, last name is Stucky. Brian Stucky. Is that how he's Brian Stucky, yes. Yeah. So I've uh, known Brian for years on Twitter. Great guy. I know he came over from um, when, when you all acquired Mac Mini Colo. Um, oh. And he always kind of talks, you know, in years he would joke about just like the buying process. Uh, yeah. And this is, you know, like, do you have like an Apple? I mean, that Apple rep that's assigned to you all, he's, he's got to like, he or she's got to be like, all right, we got new computers. Are you ready for uh, 6 million of them? I mean, this is just the scale that you all are buying Macs. Uh, you might be Apple's favorite customer. <laughs> well, we certainly are an interesting customer to them. You know, they showed us on the keynote in 2018, which kind of put us on the their radar publicly where they said, this is what Mac looks like at scale. That was kind of an interesting watershed moment for us. But you're, you're right. That we have a, a pretty solid relationship with them. We do get to talk to them. They are Apple, so we don't get any secrets or anything that anybody else does because they're Apple and Apple is Apple. But um, but they certainly provide a lot of guidance. They help us do it the right way. And it's always nice when there's a keynote or an announcement out getting a call like the minute it's happening or right after that. And Brian's you know talking to them and they're going, hey, how many of these do you want? Or this is what we meant when we said that. This is how you need to think about this. So mm-hmm. it's a, it's a, it is a cool relationship. And we, we do it, you know, with, with the 2013 Pro, for example, we had a very large customer order as that line was spinning down and pros were spinning up on uh, the, the rackable Pro, right? We yeah. was sort of, un, they were, Apple was literally retooling their lines to fit that Pro model and spinning down 2013 because it was sunsetting. And we said, well, wait a minute, we've got several thousand that somebody needs. And they said, well, let's talk about that. And we got it up the chain enough to where they're like, okay, we're going to extend this line for six weeks. We're going to get you the max you need. We think there's enough there, there to get. So it's nice to have that kind of feedback loop with them to be able to accommodate things like that. Well, well it's ultimately all about serving the customers. And I think, you know, from, if I'm Apple, um, you all helped legitimize some of their enterprise offerings. Um, yeah. and I was talking to somebody the other day and, and we're talking, you know, a- Apple's ultimate goal in the enterprise is to sell a lot of Macs. And, yeah. uh, you know, not only do you all buy a lot of Macs, but your customers use Macs too. And, yeah. uh, and it's about that whole, you know, ecosystem and, and you, and that's that's a benefit that whole life cycle. Um, and I mentioned this on past podcasts. I don't know how long you've been in an, you know an Apple uh, user, but the fact that you know I really believe in, in the next ten years, Apple will be the the biggest endpoint in the enterprise. Uh, it's just it would no, you couldn't have even dreamed it you know ten years ago, and in some ways even five years ago for the Mac. Uh, right. I mean, certainly the iPhone and the iPad have always done well in the enterprise, but it really seems like in the past. Um, you kind of going back to like the 2018 era, like Apple's management tools really seem to have upped their game and what they can offer. IT, I think with Apple Silicon loves this, loves the hardware. And then ultimately end users, I think are largely loving to use the Mac. And, um, and I think that's just a win-win, win-win as well. And I think, you know, if I'm I'm Apple, I'm thinking, you know, Mac Stadium, 
they allow us to test some cool things and to really push the limits of what we thought this hardware was meant to do. And it's, it's, it's a, probably a great place to, uh, you know, tinker a little bit. Well, yeah. And, and, you know, to that, I, I you know, I, again, the, the pandemic and a couple other things, obviously it, it's transformed our work world. Like it finally sort of, for better or worse, pushed the fact that there's enough technology and tooling in, in the universe now to actually be effective from a lot of different places. And I think with that started to really push forward, bring your own device and personal preference and what is the best work environment for me. And because of what Apple is, you're seeing this massive swing to, well, this is the best tool for me for to be productive, to do my job. So it is spiking that workplace adoption of Apple. And to where we're positioned with that, you're right, we're, we're, we're used to solving business problems for and enterprise problems for the Apple ecosystem. We're supporting the developer community that makes the tools for the Apple ecosystem. So I think we're really well positioned and, and with our workspace product and with other things like that to, to really help users who take these, you know, awesome devices into the workspace, figure out how they, how they all fit together and what they do in business. Um, that's an, an interesting problem that we're sort of the experts at solving. So, yeah, I don't know that there's anybody, I mean, I don't know, like I'm not, I'm, I, there's nothing I would say like I'm the worldwide expert in, uh, but I would argue that the team at Max, uh, Max Stadium is probably the worldwide experts on how to run Max at scale more than any, I mean, you probably all, you probably have more Max under management than anybody in the world, uh, which is a pretty cool thing to, pretty cool, pretty cool thing to say. Yeah, we're, we're, we're really excited about it. And it's definitely, we, we believe we're the experts. We're certainly the people that focus on it all day, every day. That's, that's yeah. what we care about. Uh, Chris, thanks for coming on the show. We'll wrap up here uh, again. Max Stadium's doing some super cool things. Uh, it's it, it's one of those. Even if you're not like in a, a potential customer of Max Stadium, go check out their website because I think if you're an Apple fan, you, I think if you're listening to this show, you're an Apple fan. Certainly, Apple in the enterprise. Um, even if you're not a potential customer, just the fact that these options are out there um, for, for big companies that want to scale up, to do some really cool things with their development teams, um, with just you know co locations, some great options. Um, you'll you'll be impressed. And uh, would love to talk to you, talk to you all in, in the future as uh, new things come out. I and mean, whenever we see, uh, if I'm sure we'll see uh, a uh, Mac Pro, Apple Silicon, I'm sure we'll have some fun use cases to talk about as well. But uh, Chris, uh, any any uh, final words before we wrap up? Well, you you said it really well. We're definitely interested in seeing anybody and everybody that's interested in Mac and Mac at scale and Mac in business. Um, we've got a new product, Work a Workspace, coming out that gets you the ability to actually have a cloud-based Mac desktop on Apple Silicon, and we're excited about that and what it means for people that are starting to use Mac every day in the work in the work environment. So uh, definitely come check us out, share your share your struggles and your pain, and we will we will try to make it better. <laughs> Yeah, check out the show notes if you want to learn. Uh, get to Max Stadium's website or again maxstadium.com. It's a uh, it's a pretty easy one too. And I'll have to get down there soon, Chris. And I'd love to t- take you to the data center. But thanks for coming on the show, and we'll chat with you all real soon. Awesome.